0: Hey everybody, it's Altonia. Happy Thanksgiving and welcome to another edition of Altonia's Library. Thanks so much for joining me. I'm really looking forward to today's show. Well, I look forward to every show, but I'm especially excited about this one. Uh, If you recall from my last episode, I promised we'd be diving into reader mail. Uh, I've always enjoyed getting emails from my readers. Uh, Those of you who have been following me, for a while now, I uh, have probably heard me talk about how much, um, you know, how so many of my readers share their book reviews with me via email. Uh, I often send a PSA out on social media, primarily to my author friends, reminding them to always reach out to the folks on their email list. Um, it may be hard for some to believe but not everyone is on social media Um, my readers are proof of this not everyone reviews on amazon or post to Instagram. Some readers still send letters to my P.O. Box, which is about to change. So stay tuned for updates on that. Uh, but still, you know, other readers send emails. So today's show is dedicated to all my readers, but especially to those who drop me a line every now and then to ask some really amazing questions. As always, I'll be sharing what I'm reading and watching. So let's get started. So we're going to do things a little differently today. I'd like to focus on my reader mail for the duration of the show. With that said, I'll kick things off with my latest reads and watches. Um, We'll check those out after this. And we're back. So in terms of shows, I'm still coming across some very good stuff. Yay. Most of what I'll discuss today is on Netflix. But Hulu and HBO Max are high on the list as well. Um, you know, I've been so impressed with Wu Tang and American Saga. Um, that is on Hulu. Um, so I, I've always been a fan of the group, so it's just just a treat. And I'm gonna talk about the show. Um in another show, but just to put that out there, um, I'm also enjoying, uh, it's not, you know, the, the, the time wasn't the greatest, but the show impeachment, uh, has really been an entertaining watch. Of course, you know, it follows, uh, the Clinton-Lewinsky political scandal from the nineties. Um, and I, I just thought it was very well done, very well done, uh, piece of work. Um, HBO Max has Insecure, which is delicious as usual. Uh, It's the last season for this show, and it's been one of my go-to places for some of the greatest music, so I'm definitely going to miss that when it's gone. Um, For today's show, I'm focusing on two finds from Netflix. One is an old favorite, and the second is a recent discovery so i don't know how many of you are seinfeld fans but i've been a fan for years um i didn't watch the show when it was on i believe it was nbc Or when it was first in syndication, you know, I became a fan a little later. Um, My dad was the Seinfeld fan in our house. And he, when when it went into syndication, he would find whatever channel had it and watch and watch and watch every episode that was scheduled to be shown on any given night. You know, if there was a marathon of five episodes, he was watching it. Um, My mom and I could never see what all the excitement was about, you know. And then I I sat down one day and watched a few episodes and that was that. I was hooked. I remain hooked to this day. Um, But it's been a while since I've caught any of the episodes and I never saw any of the first couple of seasons. Um, Well, that changed a few weeks ago when I discovered Seinfeld on Netflix. Let me tell you, this is a huge treat for me. Coming home from work most days, getting settled with the various things I do when I first get home and then curling up on the couch to watch a few um <clears throat> excuse me four or five episodes of this hilarious show uh commercial free which is terrific but it also makes it harder to turn off that next episode before it starts rolling you know I'll be you know, this is it. I'm done, and then that next episode <laughs> will come up right away. And I'm like, okay, one more episode. So um, it's truly funny stuff, and and probably one of the last, you know, in my opinion, one of the last of the truly funny sitcoms. Um, you know, they can't make a lot of this stuff anymore for so many reasons, which you know is why I'm thrilled that places like net Netflix exists to um, to just bring back some of these shows um my newest discovery is the show uh the five juanas or la venganza de las juanas I hope I'm saying that properly um it's also on Netflix and this is a uh dramatic series it's a show of deception betrayal secrets forbidden love and of course vengeance and um For me, it just took off right away. Uh, The story takes place in Mexico and features five young women, each with an identical birthmark in the same place. But when the show begins, they don't know each other. And, um, you know, gradually their paths begin to cross and they realize that they're sisters. But uh, the real story is who their father is and how he became their father. So, it's a real family affair with this one. Uh, The dad is not a nice man and the story is tremendous and twisty and one surprise, I mean, there's one surprise in there that, oh my gosh, I just never saw coming. I never guessed that. I just love it, love it, love it. Um, There's only one season so far uh, and the episodes, I want to say that there are 18 of them, but they're very short, like 25 to 30 minutes. So in reality, maybe about nine fast paced episodes. And, you know, what I shared earlier about what happens, all that happens in like the span of like it's just a very short period of time. So I'm really not giving you any spoilers. This happens like right away in the show. Um and the characters. The girls are very lovely and adorable. The youngest is about maybe 22. Um, None of them are older than 29. It's an enjoyable show, and I really encourage you to give it a try. Um, Yes, there are subtitles, but it's worth the read and the watch. So if you follow me on Goodreads or BookBub or Twitter, um, you know I've been reading the pin Cage series by Greg Isles. The last few titles in the series is a trilogy. And let me just tell you, this series is not for the faint-hearted. My review is up at Goodreads. I only wrote one for the final book, uh, Mississippi Blood. And there are several spoilers there, so tread carefully if you decide to read it. Basically, the story of the series is pretty brutal. Um, there's just no other way to say it. But all the all the stories are incredible. Um, I honestly won't say any more than that because I'll reveal too much. Um, I, I was just really all in my feelings with this story. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's it's a lot, um, and you'll be upset with me for spoiling it. So. I just wanted to put that out there. Um, it, it, it's definitely worth the read. Uh, so, you know, approach with caution. Moving on, I'm currently reading the second in the Midnight Breed series by Lara Adrian. So just to refresh you, uh, a few episodes back, I mentioned starting the series with Kiss of Midnight. Uh, book two is Kiss of Crimson. Um, and I just recently finished it. And it was a, such a quick read for me. Um, it, it's just really good stuff. Very, very wonderful. I love it. And uh, you don't have to read the titles in order. I'm not really sure how, how long this series goes. It's a very old series. So uh, I'm only on book two, but there's a lot of it. And yeah. Um, if the rest reads like the first two, I'm going to say right now, you don't have to read the series titles in order. But, you know, why wouldn't you? Um, yes, it is a vampire romance. And, you know, I'm sorry, I find that I just need those every now and then. Uh, I love vampire romances. So that's me. Um Ms. Adrian's writing is very smart, which I love. Uh, the characters are quite unpredictable, and this goes for the primary and secondary characters. So that makes the stories even better. So, um, yeah, take a chance on them. I don't think you'll be disappointed. I've been listening to these, and um, I've been listening to these by audiobook. And the the narrator, she's she's just dynamic. I really like her, so I think you'll enjoy it. So I'm calling today's episode Reader Mail, which is fitting given the time of year. I'm I'm so very thankful for my readers who make it possible to do what I do. Uh, Your interest in the work is such a blessing as it, you know, it drives the enthusiasm I have not only to create the work, but also to share it. If you've been a reader of mine for a while, then you've heard me talk about how much I adore email from my readers. Um, I don't get as much as I used to with social media being such a force, but I am happy to say that I have many readers who still understand the art of sending a good email. Um, I've often said uh, emails are like emails from my readers are like presents, and I still feel that way. Now, don't get me wrong. Sometimes the presents aren't the best. You know, folks aren't always happy with what you write or how long it takes you to write it. Um, But I actually like those emails. The ones from anxious, impatient readers, um, they really motivate me. They they do motivate me. So uh, the ones that dislike something about the story, those aren't such fun to read, but I love that the work stirs up the emotions that fuel the message. Uh, it tells me that I'm on the right track creatively speaking, that the, the characters are are putting people in their feelings. I know what that's like as a reader, I know what that's like. So I'm glad that my work can do that. Um, and you know, if, if a reader doesn't like a story, it either tells me that I need to keep working uh, to perfect my stories or that, you know, my work might not be quite right for that reader. So you know I'm 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 always thankful that they're they're at least reading and they're 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 embarking upon the genre so that's always a win um overall the emails continue to be very engaging and uplifting so that's also a win um i find that i get more questions uh, by email than I do social media. I think readers feel more comfortable emailing the questions instead of posting them. I don't know. I'm not sure why. Uh, It just seems that way. I do get some questions um, by social media, but I get a lot more by email. Um, So uh, I'm happy. It gives me a lot of material to work with for shows like this. Now, as I said, I've got a good number of questions to work with, so there's a lot, there's more than enough for for more than one show. Uh, Following this show, my plan is to address at least one question in each episode from here on out. So, let's get started. (laughs) Will you ever finish the Ruler of Perfection series, and why has it taken so long? So the answer to part one of that question is yes, I will finish it. The answer to part two, as you know, I'm a mom, and I do work full-time. Uh, my job as a college librarian involves a lot more than showing students where to find books, and I honestly love every minute of it. I, there's so much going on with my job. I I do so much here. Um, and I love it. As for being a mom, I will say that mom life isn't as busy as it used to be. Um, the guy is doing more of his own thing now. So that frees me up to do a lot more of my own thing. Um, <laughs> watching more shows, <laughs> reading more books. Uh, but seriously, folks, for those of you who are parents, you get it. We spend all these years having to put our playtime on the back burner and when you start to get a little of it back you want to enjoy it but um you know, being a mom and a librarian, seriously, it hasn't stopped me from writing. There are just a number of stories that have been pushed to the farthest backburners. Um, you know, I'm one of those writers who are interested in so many different types of stories, uh, so many different types of genres. You know, when an idea strikes, I want to tackle it right then. Um and I started writing erotica to prove I could do it. Then it was about proving to myself that I could bring the Ramses to a whole other plateau and introduce a new family alongside them. Uh, and then it was about proving to myself that I could write a suspense series featuring interracial couples. So, you know, all that's done. I've done that. Um, and now I, you know, uh, Chizulo and cam are calling me back to the world of erotica and demanding the completion of their story so um i'm marking that story for release by fall of 2022 um my working title is called entranced uh, and as i get deeper into the story's creation i'll know whether uh that fits or not so yeah i've already started the creative process and all that good stuff uh, but i'm still i don't i still don't feel that i'm deep enough to know whether or not i'm really set on that um title so um So, yeah, just a lot of projects have interfered with them. And, you know, when an idea strikes, I can't do anything until I get that story out of my head. But, yes, uh, the next Rule of Perfection title is coming. I put a release date on it. I put a title to it. I've done my series reread. And these are always my first steps when I'm getting ready to start on a new project or return to a series project. So, trust me, it's definitely happening now do you write your love scenes during the story or do you just go back and insert them later never i never go back and insert them later no sorry Mm-mm. No, (laughs) no. I write my love scenes right alongside the story. Um, For me, the love scenes are as much a part of the story as anything. Uh, There's a lot of dialogue during my love scenes. Uh, Not not just the kind of dialogue you might expect, but um, material relevant to the plot. Uh, The characters think a lot during the love scenes you know, what's going on between them? What series, uh, excuse me, what secrets, what secrets are about to be unveiled? How, how much are they enjoying themselves, you know, in the moment, you know, how much of, you know, what's going on? Yeah, I, no, I can't see separating that. There's no way for me to separate that. Um, I know that there are authors who do that, just like there are those who write the end of their stories first. Um, and and that, that, that probably works for them. Uh, but for me, no, it is it just that doesn't work for me. Um, yeah, I can't see separating my scenes that way. Nope. Can you revise books released with typos and would or do you need to update older titles to be more 21st century? Uh, the answer to your first question is yes, and it's actually something I've done. Uh, my readers are great at letting me know when things are off in the stories. Thankfully, this doesn't happen often, but you know, when it does, I'm tremendously grateful to them. Uh, for instance, uh, once I've gone in and updated the file for an ebook that hadn't been published yet, And when the story did publish, it published without the revisions. Essentially, the updated files hadn't even loaded. And um, this was a while back. It's a long time ago. I had a Yahoo reader group at the time, uh, and they were quick to let me know what happened. So if any of them are listening to this, um, it was for the story Layers. So yeah, a long time ago. And yeah, they immediately let me know in the group. They said, I'll tell you something's up you know, this, I don't, we don't think this is what you you meant to publish. So, um, yeah, and I was able to go back and and get that uh, handled. And, you know, this is one of the nicer things about indie publishing on the print side, especially um, the ability to to go back and make corrections if needed. Um, So, you know, this happened with that book, it happened with the electronic side, but still, you know, even with something being in print, you can go and upload a a new file if you have to. Uh, That's, you know, but still you run the risk of, you know, you've already got readers out there who've gotten that old book. So, you know, the the ability is still there to go back and make corrections. And like I said, as nice as that can be, you really don't want to make a habit of that. I like for my readers to know that they're getting my best work right off the bat. So when when those kinds of things happen, an author um, really should view it as a learning opportunity uh, to put strategies in place to prevent those kinds of mistakes from showing up in the work. Uh, for instance. I used to write and type the story in its entirety before going back to proofread. I write and type everything, and then I go back and read the entire thing. Now I proof chapter by chapter. Um, so I'm, I'm just breaking it up into more manageable chunks. And I found that uh, reading my chapters out loud is another great way to capture mistakes before the books make their way to readers. So... Um, as for going back to re-release a book to make it more timely, uh, no, I don't think I've ever done that with a story. And it's highly doubtful that I will. Um, to me, uh, that that's taking away some of the charm of it. Um, and honestly, I'm proud of being a little old school. So, you know, if the book reads like it was, you know, most of my books came out in the yeah, um, I published my first book in 2003, 2004. So you can't, that's 21st century. So that's about, I don't think I'll be going back to, to do any changing like that. Great question though, like that. Will the Tisanos have a boxed set? The answer is yes. It's basically a matter of setting aside the time to just do it to lay out the stories, uh, putting in all the necessary technical navigation, uh, table of contents, things like that to ensure readers can efficiently move around between the books, um, deciding on the cover, you know, that's not really anything major, you know, little things like that. Um, there are a lot of little things that have to be focused on and not rushed through. I, um, I had actually planned to have this done following A Lover's Return, which was Hill and uh, Hills and Persephone's book. But then Brogue and Marcy came on the scene needing their own story and I knew I couldn't close the box set without them. So um but I do plan to have it released in I'm saying twenty twenty two. So stay tuned. It, it, it should definitely be in twenty twenty two because Brogue and Marcy closed out that part of the series. So um So, yeah. So just stay tuned. Stay tuned. Well, folks, that's my show. I hope you were entertained and informed. Next time, I'll be back with more shows and more terrific reads and more reader mail. So I'd like to thank you all so much for checking out the podcast Uh, listenership. um, Is that a word? Anyway. (laughs) Listener numbers are rising and I appreciate your interest and support Um, with this episode airing the day after Thanksgiving. I do hope you all had a safe, healthy and enjoyable time with family, with friends, with your favorite TV shows, movies, books, whatever moves you, whatever calms you. I hope you enjoyed it all. Until next time, keep reading.